listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up guys? It's JK3. All right, we're recording post-23-13 loss in the regular season home opener versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, we have a lot to cover. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, stadium experience turnout, a um, little bit about the game, and then looking forward to the Cardinals game. But uh, just starting out, I you know, I don't know about that turnout for the very first home game of the season for Trevor Lawrence's first home opener, Urban Meyer's home opener. I hate to hate on the Jags fan considering the uh, state of the team and the state of the franchise, but that turnout to me was pretty weak by Jaguars fans. What do you think? Uh, it was trash. Like, I mean, I understand that it rained prior to, but the rain had cleared out by maybe 10, 10, 30, 11. So yeah, I, I don't understand why, you know, everyone wasn't there. There was a ton of Denver fans, but you know, that's what happens when you get a team like Denver that does travel but still did want to at least see, uh, you know, more of the Jack fans there. But I don't know, man. It, it was tough. Yeah, when you just the, the the state of our of our, you know, day to day lives with that, that thing that just won't go away, uh, that pandemic thing. We, I don't want to say the name because just get so sick of hearing about it. And um, oh, it's not even that. Yeah, but yeah. but then also no, but when you think it, you still have people that go to games. But it's not like Jacksonville needs another hurdle to jump over. Okay, we we have you know people already are you know got turned off because of whatever you know is on the news about the NFL, and then you have COVID, and then it's hot, or then it rains. Like we're the only we're one of the, not the only I should say, but one of the few NFL cities. It just people make up hurdles. They either don't want to go to the games or they feel more comfortable in the living room or it's too hot. So it's it's just one of those things, especially in the months of September. Historically, we just have not had the best attendance in those hot months unless you get like, you know, somebody really big coming to town. Then they actually pack the stadium in. But I'd, I'd be interested to see what the numbers would look like through the month of September over the last like five years, just to see. I, don't I know. felt like I mean, that preseason game was the first preseason game. I felt like it was crazy. Like there was a lot of people out there to get the first glimpse of uh, Trevor and, and Urban. And I was expecting more of that kind of crowd this past Sunday. Well, I mentioned the, the Gator game before and you guys were like, no, nah, it's not happening. But I'm like, well, you know, they, they did have 90 some thousand down there in Gainesville. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of them came from Jacksonville. They definitely so, didn't come from Tallahassee. Yeah, we know that. Okay, we we know that. All right, we don't we don't have to bring that. Okay, I've never. I didn't say that they were. Um, I just feel no, like I, we're beyond the college football excuse at this point with how many years the franchise has been in existence. And honestly, no. going with my daughter, especially, it's almost getting to the point where it's embarrassing having to constantly explain why there's significantly more away fans than home fans at the stadium. I mean, it kind of, well, it almost, it sort of like kills the experience to a certain degree. I'm not saying that the, uh, every, you know, the, the college excuse isn't really an excuse because it's not every Saturday, it's just that particular Saturday who they were playing was the reason why if it were Tennessee or something, 
then yeah, I, that wouldn't matter. But because they played a big team, you know, played Alabama, then the stadium was packed. So if you did have someone that has, uh, you know, double season tickets, which I know plenty of people that do, then it's like, okay, pick one, you know, we're going to go to this one. Are we going to go to both or one or the other? And they were going to go to the, the Bama game, of course. So that's all I'm saying. It's just, it was yeah. who, it's who the Gators were playing. Was the they play Tennessee why. this weekend too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll it, it, yeah. We'll see. I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be that bad. Um, I think uh, the, I hope that we get better numbers for for the Jag game on Sunday, obviously. But but uh, if your theory your theory is probably going to really be put to the test because that that uh, Tennessee game it is a rivalry at night then and it's at night too so that that'll really put it to the test. Yeah, I I just hate I hate using that as a reason that Jacksonville, with the city as big as we are and how long the franchise has been around, that we can't turn people out. Not even sold out, but just better than what we're doing right now. I mean, it's just bad. But I will tell you that the stadium experience remains not good. Um, the ordering process remains not good for food. Oh, and that drinks. was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it was weird, like, how you, like, went up to the screen, but then there was, like, this black curtain that was, like, around everything, and then you just went around and waited for your name to get called? Well, there's that, and there wasn't – I don't feel like there was really anything special. And, I, and again, I – I don't know what our expectations should be, but other than there being some like spray paint that said, welcome back down on the field. Was there really anything special that made you feel like this was like a big event to be at? I mean, it just felt very redundant, everything. So I think that they are from, from what I've been seeing over the last couple, couple hours, I think um, the, uh, I think this coming up game is supposed to be a, you know, like welcome back to the fans. I think there's going to be a bunch of giveaways and some alumni, some of the stuff that I've at least seen on Twitter, that's going to probably cater to that. But the in-venue, you know, experience as far as, you know, coming to the games and things like that has been very mediocre in my experience. And again, you know, the offerings and things like that, they, you know, for the food and, and beverage, you know, it's terrible. I mean, I paid $73, which I'm still <laughs> angry about. I paid $73 for four white claws. Don't judge me. Uh, man, four white gloves <laughs> and and a and a uh, and and a bucket of popcorn. Seventy three dollars. Yeah. I felt so bad for the lady who took my order because I looked at my wife and I was like, seventy three bucks. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, and so I mean, you know, again, this isn't anything new. I think if you're on Twitter, you'll see many more reviews similar to this. They just need to do a better job. Uh, all around. One other thing they need to do a better job at, since this is going to be the beatdown episode, is I don't know, Derek, you tell me about this, but that whole thing on Twitter where we're quote tweeting the uh, Atlanta Falcons get better posts and talking about, you know, that they, you know, looked off our homework or whatever. Why are we tweeting stuff like that? Why in the world will we kind of make fun of ourselves after one week? And continue to to denigrate the the fan base and the organization because everybody picked picked up on that and started roasting us. There was a GIF that someone posted under there that I don't know who it was, but it couldn't have been more perfect. They had the kid from the Sandlot squints with the L on his forehead for both <laughs> of them. That's what that's what that's what that tweet meant. They like you L loser like that's a, when you have a losing mentality, you put out loser content like that. And that's what that was. Just loser content, man. Come on now, man. Yeah. It's, it's uh, gosh, I get you're trying to have fun, but you have a fan base that's itching and dying for a W. 
Yeah. Right. Read remember the room. The, yeah. Remember the territory we're approaching here. Okay. We're getting ready to come up on what? 17 in a row. I think the, the, it's like four teams tied for two through five at 19. So we, we, we're tired of L's, you know, uh, you know, however you want to loss L stink, not good. <laughs> we want some wins, man. But I think that I think the Jags fans, though, bro. The, the the worst part about it is they're like an ant pile, and I I shouldn't say they. We are like an ant pile. We we are angry at something, and we all just jump on it, you know. And everyone just like beats it down, and then we go on to the next thing, you know, and go on to the next thing. And now it's to the point to where we're like, you know, looking for something to be victorious at, and it's you know whether it's over analyzing you know, some of the players tweets and, and them liking <laughs> things on social media, you know, it, it's just right now they're stuck in our, we're stuck in a rock between the hard place. Like the hard places, the rock is that, you know, we have urban Meyer and we have Trevor Lawrence and we have a second year undrafted free agent, you know, running back that provided some success. Um, So, you know, there are some pieces there that are still very young and that we are just expecting to just develop, you know, very fast and then the hard place is losing 17 games in a row. And so this, you know, we as fans are getting growing very impatient, you know, with the process and very impatient with what we're, we're what we want to see in the product on the field. And, you know, rightfully so, but it, it's just it's it's so hard being a Jags fan, being stuck between that 17 losing game streak, um, and then having players that are on the field that are still relatively young in their career. Um, sure. and then I think just the Jags, or not even the Jags, but Urban you know, coming out and just saying, just hang in there with us. It's like, dude, we've been hanging in with the, the team, you know, for 25 years. Yeah, you just showed like, up. We've, we've been here. You know, you, yeah. you need to get me with some more rock. Like, you need to get me with more of the, the preseason hype stuff that you had, the preseason stuff that you're telling me and the stuff that you're working on and all this sort of stuff. Because during the preseason, I thought we were working on alignment. I thought we were working on getting people out on the field on time to avoid all these delay of game penalties that we had. That's what I thought we were working on in the in the in the, in the offseason and the preseason and all these training camps and owning it and all this other stuff. Well, you need to do a better job of owning, you know, the fact that we have been here and I need something a little bit more than just hang in with us. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and we'll jump into the game, but I think it goes without saying that if we were winning, heck, if we just won that one game. We wouldn't even be talking about any of this other stuff. We wouldn't give a crap about the social media. We wouldn't care about the turnout. We wouldn't care about the stadium experience. Literally, I don't think we would care about any of that stuff. If we I would still be upset by spending $73. <laughs> I, I think what I be, did. I would less be upset. so mad. Less I'm upset. still mad about it. I need to yeah. get a credit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hear that Jaguars organization? Um, okay. So, uh, so good stuff. Um <laughs> there's nothing really positive to pivot to so we'll pivot right to the Wait, game i got a question and- really quick for you so what what did you so when you go to the game like what what is your like go-to like food like do you try to go to somewhere different or is it just i'm getting the chicken tenders and fries or what well i've never gotten the chicken tenders again since i think the year was 2006 and i got some chicken tenders that weren't cooked all the way um, they were frozen <laughs> in the middle and so uh ever since then i was too afraid to do it even though that those chicken tenders and those fries with that barbecue sauce is always a win but it just i couldn't do it anymore so i typically i'll tell you what i did this last game is i went and got uh, some boiled peanuts outside the stadium and put them in one of those little clear bags and brought it in and that was pretty good 
Um, but if I do eat in the stadium, usually it's the little miniature hot dog that they give you for like $30. And I did um, see someone bringing in, uh, you know, so you mentioned the clear bags. I saw someone with a clear fanny pack mm-hmm. and they had nuggets and fries in like, it looked yeah. like McDonald's nuggets and fries in the fanny pack. That's the way you have to go. You have to bring in <laughs> food from the outside to not feel like you just got completely destroyed financially. Uh, and then completely destroyed mentally and uh, you know physically after sitting out there in the sun watching your team get blown out. But um, well, I guess the okay. So I take that back. One positive thing. Let's start with special teams. Is uh, Jamal Agnew? So tell us about uh, his kick return. I mean, it, you, a lot of people probably didn't see it because it came in the fourth quarter. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, one hundred and two yards to the house. I. I, I yeah, I can pr- probably count on one time I've seen that happen, you know, in that stadium. But no, it I, the 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 kickoff return was awesome. Um, you know, just simply from the fact that it's just an exciting play, right? You know, it's it's awesome to see somebody go 102 yards, and he did it. You know, kind of just you know zigzaggy and running all over the place. So that was pretty good. Made a couple moves and, and got there. But you know, as far as the special team goes, and this is my biggest up, my biggest thing with the the Jaguars. I feel like. They do good things on special teams, and then they do really bad things on special teams. You know what I mean? Like as far as Lambo right now in the slump that he's in, but the Jamal, and we'll get to that. The, but the Jamal Agnew, you know, kickoff was great, but it's just a, it, it it goes in the garbage time stats to me because at that point they're down uh, two scores, and you know, like it's 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 good, but it's like oh, all right, great, cool. Where wish would have had that coming out of the halftime or something, you know? Yeah. Derek, we had uh, Mike Hollis on the podcast before. Do we need to reach out to him and have him come down to offer some competition for Lambo? You think or so- something, something? Kicking is a mental game, and there's something in his head. I don't know what it is, but uh, he just hasn't been. Uh, you know, I don't know kicking technique. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. You know, just wait. Missing. You're telling me that you don't know te- kicking technique. You don't know nope. one two step plant. No, I don't know kicking technique. I don't, you know, uh, Madden has taught many a folk on Twitter about everything <laughs> to do with football. Uh, there is no kicking meter in real life, people. Uh, no, the the it's just something in his head, man. Just something. That's what I equated to. It's just some. He's, he's got something that he's thinking about. Besides, you know, whether if it's oh crap, I better not miss this. Herbs is, you know, if he's scared of herbs, you know, who knows? But you know, everybody has, you know, bad, a bad, you know, couple of games. That, um, that I shouldn't say that because there are some kickers like Baltimore who's hasn't missed in like five years or something crazy like that. Or Lambo the other uh, season, right? Yeah, I mean, so, he didn't miss like a single one. Yeah, um, but it just stinks because uh, he's supposed to be the one consistent spot we have. And, yeah, it could have made the game closer if he had made those kicks. Uh, a lot but, closer. Yeah, a lot closer would have changed the outcome, and, and you know I don't know. I'm not gonna say yes or no, but we those are points that we have to have. We have to have them. We have very little margin for error. The Broncos committed ten penalties, and they still won the game. Right? We, yeah, yeah. So that where they have a lot of margin for error, who still win? We have very little margin for error. I think I, I think I, I, think I jinxed Lambo too because I think at the beginning of the uh, beginning of this year when we were talking. I said, yeah, as long as we if, – if our drive stall, like, on the opponent's, like, 35 or 30, you know, we're good because Lambo's automatic from that spot. And he's been everything but automatic from there. 
And I mean, and it's not even just close misses. That that one kick, the first kick was so bad. Way off. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was so bad. I didn't know if we were watching the punt pass and kick. Uh, you know, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it was like, wow, they're actually putting 11 out there for the punt pass and kick. That's, that's <laughs> odd. But uh <laughs> but yeah, no, man, it, it that you gotta have those points. Because it's, it's at the point if you're scratching and again to go with the Jaguars, like I'm gonna try to see if I can get every one of their little mottos in. But if you're scratching and clawing for a win, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get the points. You gotta get them, dude. That's six points that's left on the board, um, and that easily, you know, you, your your coaching and your game plan changes there because you go from <clears throat> like trying to get the win instead of just getting out there and seeing what you you literally are close to getting the win, and you can get a little bit more aggressive on some calls get a little bit more aggressive on sending the house on defense, which they did. And they sent a blitz and everyone got picked up. Denver picked up a, a cover zero blitz and every person on the offensive line and the running back picked up a bit, uh, picked up a blitz on third down. And it's just like, this is so, this is so like annoying because when they send the house to us, everyone, at least two players get through and, you know, we either got to settle for, you know, Trevor trying to, to, to um, you know, fit something in or we throw it away or, you know, he gets hit. Like, it's just yeah. so frustrating to watch right now. Derek, let's talk about the defense and tell me about Teddy Bridgewater because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it, wasn't he like the shorter passing guy? He's out there like throwing bombs every other play with his gloves on and everything. What was going on with the defense? Um... A lot was going on with the defense. We were able to get – we had two or three sacks. Um, when you really look at the defense as a whole, though, there's – you know, definitely we have some issues in the back end. And we he just – he was standing tall. Even when we were hitting him, he was standing tall, which that means there's no – you know, we couldn't, you know, strike fear into him. Um, he was taking guys like uh, Noah Font, and there's a couple others on on that team. Uh, is it is it Sutton? Is that is that the guy? Cortland, yeah. Sutton. Cortland yeah. Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton looked like a you know I think he was a Pro Bowler a couple years ago. It's just his scheme stinks. Look, okay, so when you really sit back and and there's been a lot of talk about the team as a whole of, you know, they should have done more things. You know, there's certain guys that shouldn't be playing. Those are all very, you know, very, you know, observed opinions that, you know, definitely everybody's singing the same tune. But what you have to remember is a lot of our guys on our coaching staff have not been calling plays that long in the league or they have, and they haven't been very successful at it. And the defensive side of the ball, although we're supposed to have, you know, we got some assistance from Baltimore and all this stuff, it's still it's still kind of the same. And and it goes to the, the the offense too. When when you have that, and then Denver's got guys with twenty and thirty years experience, you know, they're going to coach them up well. That's another thing too; is coached up. I I almost you know, when I look at the defense. What I see is, you know, remember, we had Caldwell here for eight years, okay, and two coaches in between there, right? That's almost, and forgive me for anyone that may get offended to this, I feel I can speak on it because I have family members that, that, that suffer from this. 
it's almost like a drug. We were in like a seven or eight year drug addiction. <laughs> For real. Seven or eight year drug addiction. And we're in rehab right now. This is rehab. <laughs> and rehab doesn't take two games. Rehab is a lot longer than two games. All yeah. right. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be silly. It's just that it's the best comparison I can think of is the weird thing is I can, I can feel that, you know what I mean? I can actually yeah. feel what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no. It, when you really look at it, our, our team has been eight years. We were on a bench, man, of just bad football. Just okay. off the wagon. <laughs> yeah. Now we had one year where we made it to Vegas and we were flying high and it, it went crashing down that following year. My point is, it's going to take a lot longer than one camp and two regular season games and three preseason games to untangle the crap that they that we had for the last eight years. You might not like it, but that's just the case. That's just what it is. And part of that is starting wing guard at safety. Okay. That's, you know, CJ Henderson's got problems. Miles Jack's been in the league for so long, and although he does look, you know, somewhat good, he still overrun plays at overruns plays at times. Chason looked better, but still, there, there's there's issues. There's issues. There are little things that we're still doing that they shouldn't be doing from day one. That usually gets cleaned up during camp. That wasn't cleaned up during camp because Herbs didn't know who he was even going to start at quarterback. If he didn't know that, imagine the rest of the team. Yeah, I think I think what I, I and you know I'm on the same wave, wave wavelength with you as far as um, you know the, the the defense, but I think most of it is the personnel. I don't think they're putting I don't think they're putting the right players out there to be successful. I don't think the you know the right players are you know you know just actually taking the field in order to give this team a better chance to win. Um, you know, case in point, Wingard. Yeah, I mean he's probably the PFF's highest rate, rated player for the Jags this year or this week. But we both, everyone knows that Cisco is better than, than, than Wingard. So why not give Cisco the opportunity to go out there? And I'd rather see Cisco making rookie mistakes back there, um, you know, than, than Andrew Wingard, who's probably not going to, well, actually, you know what? Knowing this team, he'll probably be on the team next year, who, who shouldn't have made the team at all. But, you know, there's no way that, you know, he's the better, you know, um, you know safety that's back there playing. Um, I believe in linebacking course. I, I think Shaq Quarterman needs to be getting some more actual play and some more, you know, opportunity to see real live game speed. If, if you're going to do better and if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, take these lumps and take these L's and take these growing pains, you might as well get your new nucleus out there so they can take the lumps together versus having a bunch of hodgepodge guys that are out there that aren't going to be on the team very long. Um, I think Josh Allen is playing really good uh, within those first two games, really showing, you know, what, what he can be and what, what he has been. But he's probably been our best defensive player. Um, you know, Shaq Griffin has you know held his own out there. But I think as far as the secondary goes, too, I mean, they're, they're still getting passes that are being completed that should not be being completed. The ball skills, them going up and actually making plays on the ball and the 50-50 balls that are happening when somebody's just – when Teddy Bridgewater is just chucking it up and saying, I don't know, Cortland's down there somewhere and he's coming down with the ball, <laughs> you know? So the ball skills are just, like it, it's ridiculous. And um, Shaq, he, he's got to have those picks, man. This is the second game in a row where he should have had a, a pick. He had one in Houston where he jumped around perfectly. He had one Sunday where the ball bobbled off of his hands like 13 times and he couldn't bring in the interception. 
those things right there are going to go ahead and make momentum swings so that the offense can actually really feel like they have an actual chance and be able to capitalize off what the defense does. So them being able to stack plays, uh, them being on the defensive side of the ball, being able to you know make those plays, get those tackles, get off the field on third down. Those things are the things that you have to learn as a nucleus together in order to be successful. And I don't think that Urban and the defensive coordinators are putting out the right players to have this team being successful so far. I mean, you can tell they're 0-2 right now. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a puzzle that they can't solve or they don't want to solve or they don't see to solve. You really have to sit back and think about just some of the decisions that have been made. And when you, when you look at let, let's give an example here. Do you think if Chase on played on the Patriots and although the Patriots aren't the same with, with Tom Brady gone, but still Belichick demands the best. Do you think Chase on would be starting or sniffing the field at all for Bill Belichick after that first game? If he did that. He wouldn't be sniffing the field at all. End of story. That's what I'm saying. That's the and it's not it's not the fact that you know Herb should be picking on him or he's a bad guy. We don't know him from anything, but all we know is what we saw on on film. And you're supposed to be a professional football player, and you're letting a quarterback you're running to him, and then just you know think weird things happen. We're the only team that does that. But it wasn't hey. his fault that he was drafted that high. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not his fault. That's true. It's not his and, fault. And, he was and, and that goes and that goes back to the drug binge of uh, yeah. <laughs> the eight years with, with Caldwell. So it's going to take a lot, a, a lot of therapy, a lot of practices, a lot of reps, a lot of games to undo the the mess that they're in. Another thing too is some of the calls, you know, questionable. Um, I felt like Denver had our number when when they wanted to. They knew what we were going to do when, you know, before we actually did it. There's been so much attention on the offense that people have really, you know, left the defense out. Now, in the defense's defense, here's what I will say, and we'll get back, we'll get to this when we talk about the offense. We've got to do something about this time of possession, the running game. I don't care who you have. I don't care if it's who we're playing this week with. Chandler Jones and, and J.J. Watt on the line. You leave a defense out there two-thirds, three-fourths of the game, they will get tired, and they'll get scored on. And that's, you know, our offense didn't do them any favors at all. Any favors. With very little margin for error we have on both sides of the ball. And we can't not we, – we have to help each other, meaning the offense needs to help the defense and vice versa with some turnovers and short field from the defense and then on offense, hold the ball longer than 90 seconds. They've yet to put, they've yet to put together a complete game. <clears throat> you know, you've they've got the right spots. They haven't put together a complete quarter. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> Very. <laughs> That, that, that is true. I mean, it's true, man. Like you, you, I agree. They, they have to help each other out. Um, you know, you've got to get off the field on third down. You've got to be able to, you know, kind of build some confidence, man. And the, the scary part about this is that this is in the quote unquote, you know, easy quarter of the, the schedule for the Jags. You know what I mean? Like as far as some of the players that you, you know, personnel and things like that, that you're coming up against. And, you know, you've got Arizona rolling in <clears throat> on uh, Sunday 
And, you know, and they look really good. They look really good coming off the ball. Uh, they look good on offense and defense. And, you know, it, it's a little scary to see what, what's what, you know, to think what's going to happen on, on, on Sunday. It really is. You know, I, I like to try to be as optimistic as I can, you know, because I do love the Jags and it, and it sucks. You know, everyone that's listened to this podcast, there's definitely been more episodes like this than there have been on the opposite side of them actually being able to win. You know, so it, it's tough to it's it's tough to you know continually beat a beat a drum that is you know negative Nancy. But eventually, you know, when do you as a as a as a coaching personnel like when do you make the decision again that like the evaluation from the players and what you're seeing on the field is you got to put the best talent on the field. Like when do you make that decision? When do you pull that trigger and say, okay, you're not playing this week. We're going to let this person go. I mean, it's the second game of the season. Like I can't run with the excuse anymore that we're in the preseason anymore. With the, like it's it, it's you know you, you had tried that, that last week. You I yeah I did try it last week. week. You know, and I was trying to see if that was going to work. But you know, when do you make the like, the the switch and make the offensive or the defensive personnel like even click? With the offense, how much do you guys put on Urban, and how much do you put on the offensive coordinator with what's going on? This game, I put a lot on Urban. This game. Offensive line, oh, they blocked decently. You, you know what I saw? I saw timing off is what I saw. Oh, receivers can't get open, routes. There was a couple times, you know, yeah, we got three B receivers. We don't have for those football gurus out there. We don't have a Z. We don't have a number one. We don't have a guy. Whatever. There were a few times that the guys were open. The ball came late. In some instances, very late. And you know what that comes with? The fact that he wasn't named starter day one. I don't, I don't off. trust that though, man, because these guys have been going to they went to summer camp and went to Clemson man, and all this stuff, hanging out no, with each other. No, all the timing no. and everything else like that should be there. No, but Sharp, remember DJ Sharp was out for a while, broken thumb, you know the, the, the hand issue. So you got you know Chenault and Jones. Uh, Jones, there were some throws that were off. Chenault, there were a couple times he didn't win uh, his matchup. But there was definitely some timing issues. Yes, the offensive game plan is not very good either. That Bevel, you know, just whatever, just not calling a great game. But there were also some throws. So I'll put it, you know, last week it was, you know, not getting much help for Trevor this week. I'm like, look, he's got to find some familiarity with with his receivers. Because guess what? We don't have a number one walking through the door. So we have to, you know, play the cards that we were dealt. And those were the cards that we were dealt. I don't understand why they're not doing things that were successful for them in Denver and some of the successful things that we've seen from this team in in, um, in the preseason and um, training camps as far as them getting Trevor outside of the pocket and moving the pocket for him to be able to do, um, you know, like more uh, run or pass, you know, plays or anything else like that. Or the, I'm trying to avoid being technical, but more of the RPO stuff. Like, I don't understand why. They haven't been able to move the pocket and instead they force him to stand back there and, you know, become a shotgun, you know, quarterback, which I think a majority of the time he can be. But it seems like he's really having a hard time by finding the open person downfield. I know he missed. uh, Was it Farrell? Luke Farrell. I think he missed him um, wide open, you know, down the field. And of course, every place someone's open. You know, if you're if you you know watch football or if you've even you know remotely played any, the first thing you come back to the quarterback as a receiver is like, man, I was wide open. They had me late. They can't cover me. Blah blah blah. And so you know he's missing some of those plays. But I feel like a majority of the time he's making throws and the throws that he's 
you know, attempting to make. He's trusting his arm, which is super strong, but it's almost like he's throwing it within double coverage. Like every play, I feel like he's throwing it within double coverage or there is a play where a receiver may lose somebody and create that separation, but it's maybe for like five or 10 yards, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a separation. So I don't, why, why hasn't, why can't they go back to the RP? Well, they, they need to go back to the first letter, the R, the run. James Robinson, again, not getting the carries that he needs, uh, you know, in order for him to be successful. Um, I don't even think Carlos Hyde is getting, even if you were, you know, uh, on the Carlos Hyde train, he didn't get what he needed as well either, as far as the game goes. So why haven't two. they? Why are they? Why are they abandoning? Yeah, two. Why are they abandoning the run? I don't like, know. What are they seeing that's abandoned that, that makes you want to completely abandon the run? I don't know, but I, I'll tell you this. I want. I, I thought of something as you were talking, JK three. I, I went and looked at some stats by a quarterback that's in the league whose team is two and zero. Okay, his team is two and zero, and he's thrown for over sixty eight percent completion. 584, three TDs, one pick, with a rating of 100.5. That's Sam Donald. Sam Donald. And, yeah, Joe Brady is a lot better of an OC than uh, ours, Bevel, in my opinion. Daryl Bevel. But the thing that sticks out to me with that, besides the fact that they have CMC, is they went and got Donald, and that's who they went with from day one. Even with those numbers for the Jets, they still were like, we we like what we see on tape. He's our guy. We're not this in the competition. Oh, we'll see because your bad years with the Jets. Nope. We're going in with you. You're taking all the first team reps. You need to get familiar with these receivers. You need to, you know, you, y'all need to go have a, a, a sweepover or whatever and get to know each other because it's, <laughs> it's going to be you guys. And that's what I am like. That's what we should have done. Would it have helped tremendously? I don't know. But does Carolina have a number one? I mean, yeah, they got CMC, but he's not a receiver. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Point is, point is, with good coaching and familiarity from the players and receivers, you can see that there's a result. Remember, this is this is one year, same amount of time, same amount of time. Okay, I mean, this, one year. They, now they Brady's been there for two years. What's that? They had 189 uh, yards of total offense. Talking about the Jets Sunday. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, it's so, not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. Yeah. So, so that's that's my thing. Is it, it can be done. It's just it, both sides have to come. There, there's, I feel like you, you got a box of dominoes and you just took them and threw them all on the floor and you got to pick them up and figure this out. JK three. Why did the person that sold you the $47 of White Claw have more yards than Chenault in that game? $73. So (laughs) if it was $47, I'd be okay with it. $73. (laughs) That's worse. Yeah, (laughs) way worse. Um, They're they're holding their cards back for something. And I, I I don't know what it is. Chenault should be getting in space. I expected to see Chenault uh, take a more, um, you know, more uh, bigger role when ETN went down. So I thought that Chenault was going to get, you know, more of the those those plays that they had or some of those plays that was designed exactly for uh, ETN. And you can tell that Chenault is, you know, they're going to be that player that gets the screen. He's he's run, you know, already enough for me to see for an entire season already in two games of, of running the screen and trying to get it out there. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as the handoff, the jet sweeps and things like that, they, they know that that's coming because there's no element of surprise when it comes to running the ball. If they see LaVisca Chanel coming into, into, into a motion, they understand that it's either going to go to him or it's going to be a fake and it's going to be a pass because they're abandoning the run. Like they're not running the ball at all with James Robinson or Carlos Hyde. Um, and they have to go back to that. They li- you have to go back to setting up the run and setting up the opportunity to be able to, you know, create a short field for your quarterback and create a short, you know, game on first down. Like the run has got to be there or or even the threat of the run has got to be there with Trevor being able to get outside of the pocket because he can run. I mean, he, he had a couple of runs, um, you know, on Sunday. He had a couple of runs uh, against Houston. So you have to the, – the run has got to be there. I don't care if it's coming from – I don't well, I don't want it to come from Trevor, obviously, but I want the, you know, the, the run to be established. Uh, if you have to get some type of gadget plays within um, that to to free up and slow down the defense or anything, you know, then do it. But they're not doing a good job of getting into the playbook and really giving Trevor an opportunity to, you know, to to show what he's capable of. Uh, I mean, the, the, the pass that he had to Marvin Jones um, for the uh, for the touchdown. I mean, the arm talent's there. It's amazing. But I just think the play calling and some of the formations are going to really help him out and help him, you know, come into his own a lot easier than him just sitting back there and, you know, chucking and not necessarily chucking and ducking, but, you know, throwing it within double coverage and throwing it, you know, into some places where there's no reason the ball should be going there. We've been getting a lot of Peyton Manning comparisons, um, you know, as far as Peyton's rookie year to uh, T-Law's rookie year. And, you know, rightfully so, I know people are trying to speak that into existence as far as what, uh, you know, Peyton did and comparing it to Trevor and hopefully, you know, Trevor becomes a Hall of Fame quarterback. Great. But for the time being, they have got to get him into um, a place where he can get the high percentage throws and those high percentage completions and then also continue to run the ball. And I think that's going to really hinge on his success. Like you have to start setting up the run uh, and you have to really give him an opportunity to where he can, you know, either move the pocket with the RPO where he can get out on the sprint out and, you know, kind of hit somebody with a little, you know, completion or worst case scenario, he throws it out of bounds, you know? Any uh, other thoughts that you guys have on this game or are we going to close the book on this one? Close it. <laughs> okay. 
So I'm going to uh, basically violate everything that I said in the beginning of the podcast and that I will not be attending the next home game, but I am visiting <laughs> family out of town. But that might be a good thing because there is a high probability. And I'm going to ask you guys, like we did last week, what you think our record will be through game three. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that there's a possibility we'll get destroyed in this game. So, uh, you know, if you had to, I'll start with you, Derek, uh, you know, heading into the Cardinals game, uh, second home game. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on our record after after three games once once the clock expires? Y- y'all ever seen NFL uh, pinball? That's what you're going to see with Kyler Murray is he, he's going to look like a little pinball out there. Running around five foot, what nine? You're gonna think that day, yeah. You don't, you don't say that little guy is gonna kill us five foot nine with a rocket launcher of an arm. Okay, yes, they're gonna try to contain game. Yes, the defensive players are gonna put their hands up. And hey, that's great when you have the six foot four defensive lineman. You don't think. The Cardinals don't already know this and are anticipating you do it. They do a good um, job of getting him out of the out of the, Yeah, the they pocket. do a good job of getting him out of there. Okay. So my only thing is, do I want the Jags to win? Yes, I do. Do I want Kyler Murray to come in and have a bad game? Yes, I do. Do I want to see DeAndre Hopkins actually drop a ball? Yes, I do. <laughs> do I think any of these things are going to happen? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, that, hey, they, they've gotten off a heck of a start of the season on both sides of the ball. It's going to be extremely tough for us to really keep him contained. They got to keep him in the pocket. I don't know how to do that, but that, that's what they, the coordinators get paid to do. Joe Cullen, you got to figure that out. You got to mm-hmm. figure it out. Uh, you let him roll out. If he does, if they establish any kind of running game, we're dead. Okay. We're dead mm. if they get anything going on the ground because then they'll start play action. They'll sprint him out or roll him out, and then we're finished. Mm. There would be nothing we can do to stop it. So, so they got that? a really they got a really good um, they got a really good box score. Also, I mean, not box score, really good, uh, really good uh, high powered offense as well. I was just looking at some of the box scores, you know, from their previous games, and I mean, it's just. They're they're high powered offense. I mean, you got AJ Green, you got D Hop, uh, who we we've seen twice a year, you know, for a while here when he was uh, you know playing with the Texans. Um, but then you got Rondell Moore. You know, you got rookies that are automatically contributing. They're finding ways. You, you know, Rondell Moore is listed on the depth chart by depth chart behind Christian Kirk. But you know, going back to what I was saying about finding your best players to get them on the field, he's been getting more. Um, you know, more, more turn and, and more, you know, opportunities to create the best, um, you know, and, and get that the best players on the field. So you've got him. Um, you, of course, you got Kyler. And then, you know, with the running backs, Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner, two, you know, decent running back, two good running backs, actually, that are still on the, you know, that are going to make an opportunity and, and, you know, make the most of their opportunities when they get in and really just, you know, uh, beat the Jags down as far as, um, you know, running the ball. And again, hopefully the the defensive line shows up. Hopefully, you know, we're able to kind of, you know, put a stop in the run. But, you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, I think this is where they're scary because they got a lot of veterans and these guys have seen a bunch of stuff. So you got your J.J. Watt. Uh, you got Chandler Jones, who's been on, on a tear and, you know, had the best, uh, 
you know, a couple starts uh, for, for a defensive lineman in the league. So um, you, you've got uh, Buda Baker, who is a, you know, phenomenal free safety as well that has seen some things and really be able to diagnose some, some stuff. Uh, and you'll have, uh, you know, Luke Barku coming back. <laughs> so <laughs> um, Luke Barku coming back, uh, you know, as a cornerback, I don't know, he's not starting. So, you know, barring anything happens catastrophic. I don't think he sees the field, but they are, um, you know, this is a team that has been, and Arizona is is going or is where the Jaguars hope to be within the next next couple of years. You know, they made their uh, their their pick. They they grabbed Kyler uh, once Kingsbury came in. You know, he all automatically made it known that he wanted to go ahead and get uh, Kyler, and he went and got him. Um, even though they had Josh Rosen, um, who was a high 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 uh, value draft pick too, they went and got their guy. Made their offense around their guy. Same thing with Baltimore. Lamar Jackson went and got their guy and made their offense around him. They're not boxing their 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 assets in one one thing. They're tailoring the offense and tailoring things about what their quarterbacks do best. And I think that uh, Daryl Bevel needs to do the same thing with Trevor. He needs to cater and make the offense and make the playbook and make those plays around what makes him good and play to his strengths. Yeah. Now they are extremely well coached. You just mentioned a lot of a lot of pieces on defense. Another thing too on offense, they're extremely fast. Yeah, they they, they don't have a six foot five like AJ Green is older. So and plus he's just a, a, you know he's a, a good player and he's you know could be a Hall of Famer one day. But in this roster of receivers in that receiver room, he's just part of the mix. Yeah, he's there a better three main, veteran presence. Yeah, this their three main guys. Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, and D-Hop. DeAndre Hopkins is 6'1". The other two are 5'11 and 5'7". Hmm. So they're not going winning one-on-ones. They're running past you or away from you. And Herb said, you know, we got to get faster on defense. Well, they better fit. They got four days to get faster. <laughs> they're going to need it. <laughs> This is going to be a very, very interesting, uh, you know, couple of games, though, for the Jags because of quick turnarounds. They got the, the Cardinals on Sunday and then turn around and flip, and they've got the Bengals on Thursday. So, and who, who are two different, who are two opposite teams, you know? So I think that, um, you know, the defensive court, the Jags, they got their, uh, they got their work cut out for them in the next 10 days with as much football as they're going to be playing. But, you know, overall, they've got to figure out a way to start stringing in some competencies together. Um, They've got to start finding a way to eliminate some of the things that should have been worked out and some of those kinks that have been worked out, uh, you know, in training camp and preseason. And they just got to find a way to become more competent on the field. Honestly, that's what that's what it boils down to. Like the wins, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll they, they come with competency. They come with you doing your things. They come with a veteran presence that we the some of the veterans that we have on the team, DJ not dropping passes, um, you know, Cam Robinson, you know, making the block and not having a defensive lineman roll up on your quarterback and, you know, almost tear his ACL. Like the, those competencies just have to do it. And they got to get the best players on the field. I have a prediction. So, oh, go ahead, Corey. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I have a prediction. Usually uh, when you have a team that's very fast, play a team that's not so fast. There are a couple of players that, you know, aren't very fast that either that like to hit either lay a big hit on a little guy or they get juked out of their shoes and end up either whiffing 
or hitting their own teammate. I have a prediction that Wingard will do this on Sunday. <laughs> I have a prediction that he's going to hit either somebody on our own team, on one of his own teammates, or just whiff on a tackle. I'm calling it now because I could just see somebody catching a little, you know, a little slant, a little zig or whatever route, a little comeback, and he goes up to lay the boom, and the guy's not there. That's what I'm predicting that. I don't know why. I just I sit there and I look at the starting lineup and I see his name still there, and I'm like, no, no, that's well, not that's it. a fun, a fun positive prediction. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I, get I it. just, I, I just, you know, it's just like, gosh, man, how do you not see that coming, well, Derek? Speaking of predictions, what would your prediction be for our record through the end of the game Sunday? <laughs> do I Realistic. have to say it, man? Yeah. Realistic. I think you do. Yeah. Man, come on, man. You're supposed to cheer for your home team or for your team. You're supposed to want them to win. And that's what I want them to win. So I'm going to say one and two. I'm going to say oh, one and two. Okay. All right. With a there lot of sarcasm. One and two. Yes. There we go. I like that. And then JK3 with, with 10 guns to your head, uh, like last episode. Uh, what's the record? First of all, people, if we could record his face as he just got asked this question, <laughs> that would say it all. We should be uploading this on YouTube with that look. <laughs> I, I just don't. I. I I don't see them having a shot, you know, on, on Sunday, on Sunday, you know, them as in the, uh, the, the Jaguars, I just don't think that they have a shot on Sunday, just from what I've seen and what I've watched on Arizona, what I've seen and watched, you know, within Jacksonville right now. um, I just think right now that that team that the Cardinals are clicking on all often are all, all cylinders right now. And it's going to be a tall order for them. It's going to be a tall order. And, you know, for any of anybody that's out there that, you know, is in the betting, I think the line right now that was early, it was at six or the cards minus six. (laughs) I would take that all day and three times on Sunday, uh, uh, you know, for that. But I don't think a a lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, betting that, uh, taking that line. But no, I I think, um, you know, it's just tough right now, man. We're, they're they're looking to they they are going and they're from the AFC uh, or excuse me NFC West best division in football so they're coming from the they're playing the Seahawks they're playing the Niners uh, they're playing the Rams and it's the Cardinals in that in that in that division out there so they're looking at this as a way to get a step up on their division and continue to stack wins and we're trying to stack competencies not the same yeah. So what's the record? You got to say it. Oh, and three. <laughs> oh, man. You know, no love for your team, man. Come on now. <laughs> don't even go, bro, don't even try me. Don't try me like that. You're not. No, 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 no. You, you're, you're still talking to the person that's wearing Jaguars gear now on a Tuesday after they just got beat. I just True. bought a new shirt, a new Jag shirt from you know, my employer. So I'm, I'm all, I'm all in. I own it. I'm scratching and clawing, whatever you want to say and everything else like that. But eventually you just got to call, you just got to call spade a spade. And I I just don't think that they're going to get, you know, a W, uh, you know, this week, Uh, the the next one, if they're looking to try to get one, will maybe uh, the only one that I'm seeing right now on the, on the, uh, 
on the schedules against the Jets because they're just as about as inept as we are right now uh, with their quarterback <laughs> throwing four interceptions yesterday. But yeah, again, this isn't, Jets, this isn't a Jets podcast; it's a Jazz podcast. So, um, but yeah, no, zero and three, man. Is as 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 painful as it is to say that. But I'm hanging in there. Yeah. And that's I'm a good attitude. I'm sticking that's a, with you guys. That's a that's a good attitude to have in rehab, like Derek yeah. said. You know, you have to be hey. uh, <laughs> I need a, they they should give out coins. maybe the marketing, maybe that should be coming in our season ticket package. They should they, give out that, coins. That's hilarious. That would be awful yeah. if they did that. Look, again, for anyone that's you know been through that or, or family mem- members to go through that, we mean no disrespect. But that's I'm clearly talking about being addicted to the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I'm I'm I, if there's a uh, yeah. hotline for Jaguars an, a, which, anonymous, then yeah. Which may may be the worst ailment in the yeah. world currently. But, no man, we they, they need to they, they need to do something. I just I feel like the the team is just you have a bunch of puzzle pieces and it looks like you could squeeze some wins out of those pieces. It's just that they can't put them together. And they just haven't been able to. So I, I don't expect them to go down quietly to Arizona. I think that they're going to put up a good fight within the first, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And although I predicted a W, I think it's probably going to get ugly very quickly, you know, after the first quarter. But um, you never know. It is the NFL. You never You're know. right. This team, they, they could come in. Arizona could come in and, you know, could be thinking and are already resting on their laurels. And think that this is just going to be a walk in the park, and we could get a couple of turnovers and get a couple of spark plays, um, and and make it a ball game. That that could happen, you know. But you know what also could happen is that I can go to my local, you know, Wawa and get a lottery ticket and <laughs> and become a millionaire overnight <laughs> as well. You know, yeah. so you know th- those things are there. Those odds are are are, are there. That's true. That's true. I play that little gambling thing at the stadium every time. Uh, what is it called? 50-50? Yeah. 50-50? Yeah. yeah. It's so depressing when you know like what your first two numbers are and that thing comes up and you're not even like even close at all. I don't know if you've never play. done it. Yeah. Hey, it was up to like 37,000. You can't, can't win. What is it? Yeah. It was up to like 37,000 at that last game. No, what is it though? Like, what do you do? Do you just buy a oh, ticket or something? Yeah, yeah. You go to the. Some of the people are walking around with a digital kiosk, or you can do it in the in the hall. But you spend, I think, anywhere from five to twenty dollars. Uh, obviously, you could buy more, and it generates random numbers. And then they do a drawing sometime in the fourth quarter. And I think like fifty percent of what they get goes to a charity, and then fifty percent you get in cash. So based on the odds, there was probably a really uh, happy. Uh, Broncos Wait, in fans. cash? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Or a so check, probably. That, uh, okay. Is it one of those big lottery checks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. that. Awesome. But um, so, but yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's that's about it. I think. Um, oh, talk about the uh, the the picture with Teddy Bridgewater and uh, and uh, Trevor <laughs> and then Jackson Deville jumping off. Yeah. In the background. That was unfortunate. I'm surprised Jaguars Twitter didn't post that and say something yeah. about it. Even though uh, it does it every game. Somebody, yeah, I know. Somebody had a, a one too that I um gosh, I can't remember who posted it, but it was a picture of TIA Bankfield with like the spirit Halloween sign on the outside. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, that's that's cold. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny though. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty brutal right now. That's for sure. Um, oh, and the we'll, the, we'll, the, we'll, the last thing, the last thing too before we get out of here. The remember the the um, the roofing the roofing company. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> Everybody thought they were going to get a roof or some type of coverage yeah. over the yeah. stadium. It's, no, we're, you're not getting anything. We're just the official pool deck sponsor. It's like, yeah. oh, you guys do roofs, not pavers. <laughs> I could have sworn that that was going to be like a like a swerve at the end, and it was actually a, a roof announcement. But literally, that was it. There was nothing else. They didn't say anything. Somebody uh, posted pictures too that they were because you know it rained at the game that they were putting like their little flyers and people's windshields. And the rain like got it like stuck on everybody's windshields, and there's like all this residue left over. So they had the worst rollout, I mean, yeah. possible. Um, that being said, we'd love to accept your uh, sponsorship money if you uh, want to uh, sponsor. <laughs> we know the name of the company. <laughs> roof pros or something like that yeah. i don't know <laughs> sticker um, pros now <laughs> yeah, so right. I, I wanted to bring up if we do lose uh next week we will be tied for fifth with the longest oh. losing streak with the houston oilers of 72 73 and then if we lose again to the Bengals. Then we'll be tied for third with the Detroit Lions. Mm. We'll still have seven games to go before we actually reach the record, the modern day record before the merger uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks at 26. But Can let's, you not get, let's, <laughs> let's not get there. Let's not even yeah. start talking. Let's let's end this. They, they lost 26 games in a row. The Bucks did, yeah, and 76, 77. Wow. Imagine those podcasts back in the day. Turnout yeah. sucks. Stadium experience sucks. You probably did it on eight track. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 paper newsletter that comes in the mail sucks. I don't. Yeah, yeah it's um. That's pretty bad. I, I hate that we're even having to talk about you know stats like that, but. Uh, anyway, if you guys are on Apple podcasts and you love hate listening to, uh, to stuff like this, then please subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Like I said, we had a couple recent reviews that were pretty cool. So we appreciate that. We're also on Spotify and Google podcasts as well. So we appreciate you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next time. <sighs> okay. That was last year's hat. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.